Good evening, dear youth. Praise be to God. All glory be to God. Today, tonight, in uh, this Tuesday evening, we are here in church. You know, outside it's rain. Uh, it's raining cats and dogs. Here we are cozy. We are warm. We, uh, we feel at ease. And we are filled with God's presence tonight. Amen? Praise be to God for that. You know, in these weeks, and even in, 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 the, in the upcoming weeks, we are celebrating the Thanksgiving. And this is all that we talk about, the Thanksgiving. And I'm sure if I was to ask any one of you to come here and share the things that you're thankful for, you would have quite a few to be thankful for, right? Quite a few. Come, starting from your uh, health, your family, your relatives, God, having salvation from him, we're thankful for that. Uh, our jobs, our schools, and so many more things that we are thankful for. But, but today, um, I, in my short sermon uh, that I've been given, I want to go a little bit different. I want to speak on a different topic. I want to go a little bit offside here. I'm going to read a scripture for you. I'm going to share uh, a passage from the Bible, and I'm going to tell you a story, and we're going to pray. Um, so if you're able to open, either on your phones, on your, uh, on your Bibles, or follow me on the screen, uh, I want to read from Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 through 51. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let the house be broken into. So you as well also must be prepared. For at an hour that you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Who then is the faithful and the prudent servant whom the master has put in charge of his household to distribute to them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on his arrival finds doing so. I, I tell you, he will put him in a charge of all his property. And if that wicked, uh, and if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is long delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards. The servant's master will come at an uh, unexpected day and at unknown time and will punish him severely and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. I'm sure it sounds completely off the topic, I'm sure. Um, but... In this sermon, I want to remind you that in the times of Thanksgiving, and especially the upcoming day of Thanksgiving and Sunday celebration that we're going to have, to remember one thing. We are thankful for what we've been given, for what we have. But we must remember our goal. We must remember back in our minds what we are called for, what God has called us for as Christians. It is to bear fruit. It is to be those servants that he has left on this planet Earth to sow the seeds in people's lives, to save people, to bring people to God through what we do. You know, one thing that is certain for all of us is that we have a calling, and these are the words that Jesus spoke to us. You know, usually when people die, we respect their final words, right? The final commandments, the final wish that they have, people respect that. And Jesus, when, when those were the last words that he spoke, he says, go into the world, and be fruitful. Go into the world and spread the gospel, spread the good news of the gospel. And our mission is exactly that. Now, how we're going to do it 
is a total, total separate question. God gave us gifts. God gave us gifts of singing. God gave us uh, get, uh, gifts of finances. God gave us gifts of uh, labor skills. God gave us aptitudes and skills to be able to utilize them for his glory. And with that, I want to encourage you to remember, please remember, that during this time of Thanksgiving, that we are still, we still must remember our goal. We still must remember our calling. It is to be fruitful for God. Now onto the story. A few, um, a few years ago in, this is a real story. A few years ago in Britain, in Great Britain, in one of the churches on Sunday morning, it was a Baptist church, uh, the pastor was closing up the service after morning. And at the end of the service, they were welcoming the new members of the church. And pastor asked one of them to share how he, that man particularly, was saved. And this is what th this man says. I was born in England. I'm from here. But majority of my life I spent living, living in Australia, Sydney. My work there was, um, I was on a warship. I was on a submarine and I worked for uh, England government but around the area of, of uh, on the coast of Australia. And at the end of my um, assignment, when I was retiring, the couple last days I spent, they gave us at work, they gave us time and opportunity to travel, to travel all around Australia. And I was buying gifts from, from my, uh, for my daughters here in England. And I was walking down with my uh, comrades, walking down the, down the George Street. And out of nowhere, this small little spiteful man, old man, comes up, gives me a pamphlet, a small little paper, and asks me, ask me this question. Excuse me, sir, if you die today, where will you go? Heaven or hell? He, uh, he says, I was disturbed by this question. I, I never expected this question. You know, I worked, uh, I did my job at, uh, at the Marines. Uh, I served for, for a certain amount of time. I gave all my effort. Uh, now I just wanted, wanted some rest. Now I wanted some peace. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about salvation or death. I wanted to only begin my life because I didn't like my job. And so he says, I, I left Australia, I came back here, and this question was bothering me. This question was really bothering me about my salvation. It touched me deeply. And he says, I went to a local pastor, I confessed to him, and he led me to Christ, and I'm saved. And here I'm with you, uh, becoming a new member. Everybody loves this uh, testimony. Everybody, everybody clapped and welcomed him as a member of the, of the, um, of the church. This pastor of the English church, a couple of months later, flies to America, here. And he's invited to be a part of um, one of the local revivals. He's invited to speak there, he's invited to preach there. And as per usual, you know, one of the leaders um, of that conference that he was part of um, offers him a place to stay at his home. And at, in, the, in the evening, when they have conversation behind the dinner table, um, this British pastor asks him, how did you get saved? And this uh, young leader of, of the conference, he begins uh, speaking and says, um, I work as a diplomat. I work as a U.S. Uh, Department of uh, Diplomatic Services. And my area of coverage is particularly Australia. When I, uh, when I go to, uh, to work there, I spend about half half a year there, six months. One, uh, uh, um, one of my, uh, all the times that I served there, that I went to work there as a representative, um, our center is 
our a center of uh, diplomacy, U.S. Uh, diplomacy, is located near George Street in Sydney, Australia. And I was like, uh, walking on my lunch break, and guess what? Out of nowhere, an old, small, little man jumps out of nowhere, hands me a little pamphlet, little booklet, and asks me a question. If you die today, sir, where are you going to go, heaven or hell? He says, I was, I was angry with him because I was a Christian. I grew up in a Christian family. I grew, grew up in a Christian home, and, and I know about God. I heard about God. I, I go to church. I have a family back at home. I, I take care of my family. I, t uh, I take care of my relatives. I'm a good man. Of course I'm going to go to heaven. But he says, this little man, this old man would not, would not listen to me. He would, he would keep asking me this one question. And so I kind of just shrugged, shrugged him off, and I uh, went off on, on my way. But this question continued to disturb me. Months later, when I came, ba when I came back on, um, um, from, my, from my work back to U.S., it, it disturbed me. And I, I came to church. I went to my family. And I understood that I'm a sinner. And I understood that I am a selfish sinner. Because even though I grew up in church, even though, even, though, even though I heard about God, I did not know him personally. And I got saved, and now I'm, I'm a part of uh, uh, our church community here in the U.S. And we're leading and, 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 and saving people for Christ. Now, this Baptist preacher, he's disturbed now because twice in three months, he has heard a very similar testimony. A couple of years go by. He returned back... Um, to, um, to, to Great Britain, a couple years go by, he becomes a part of, a, of another great conference, this time in India. And I don't know if you know this, but in India they have huge conferences. You know, uh, if, if nowadays in the United States we, we, we might have, you know, like Billy Graham uh, or someone of that scale where we have 50,000 stadiums will be filled up. When it comes to India, it, it's, 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 it's more than that. It's hundreds of thousands of people. And this pastor, when he preaches at that conference, he shares this, these two testimonies with the people in the audience. And he says uh, that maybe by some chance you might know a man like that. And so the conference comes to an end, the service comes to an end, and two people approach him at the end of the service and say, we were also influenced by this man in Australia. We come from there as, uh, as missionaries, as Christian missionaries. He led us to Christ. And now we are also part of uh, of this great revival. Now, this British pastor, he already knew about two instances. Now it's two more people. It's four instances instances now in, in the range of a couple of years. He's disturbed, right? He returns back, and again, a couple of years go by, the same thing happens again. This is a real story. You can Google it. I'll tell you uh, uh, information about that later. A couple years go by, and he hears more testimonies. He hears more testimonies about this man. And he decides to meet him one day. He wants to meet him. He is wondering what's happening. This little man that nobody knows about, where is he? I want to meet him, and I want to tell him about all these people that have been saved, and now they're leading people to Christ. So he goes to Australia. He flies there. He goes through church. You know, he moves from church to church. He's asking pastors, asking leaders, maybe by any chance... By any means, do you know this man that uh, works or lives anywhere near this so-called George Street? And he, he almost gave up. He wasn't able to find anyone that would know him, that would be able to give him any direction to, towards this man. 
But just before he leaves, on a, on a very day that he uh, has to catch a plane, the last service that he is into, uh, that he's participated in, uh, the pastor says, yes, I know this man. I know this uh, old man, this old frail man who lives uh, not far away from this church. And so this pastor gives our British pastor the address. And he goes and he finds him. It's a small little house secluded from, from, from the living areas. And he knocks on the house and, a, and an old, frail, very old man op opens up the door for him. And he invites him in and they have a cup of tea and they talk. And the British pastor tells him all, all of these accounts that he has heard from all these people that have been influenced by this man. And when he finished, finished telling him all these accounts, this, this old man, he, he burst in tears. Because he says, my story goes like this. My whole life I was a non-Christian man. My whole life, all, all that I was focused on was hatred. All that I was focused on was bringing pain to other people. And my colleague that I worked with at my job that I also hated, he, he, he turned all of my hatred, he turned all of my bullying, he turned all of my, um, uh, all of my negativity at him, he turned that back to me with love. And he led me to Christ. And, and, uh, and the day when I was saved, I promised to God, I said, each day that I'm alive until the day I die, I want to try to speak to, uh, to at least 10 people every day about Jesus Christ. And he says, he says I wasn't paranoid, paranoid about it. But it, just, it, it was a promise. I was, I was so determined to do this. It was a promise to God. Some, some days I was tired. Some days I, I was sick. I couldn't do it. I couldn't go to my work. Because... He would, he would be able to only do it uh, on a lunch break when he had his work at the, at the store. He was working at, at the store as a cashier. And he says, not always was I able to do it, but some days I tried to compensate. I spoke to 20 people the next day if I, could, if, if I was able to make it. But I've never heard anybody being influenced by what I did. This, man, this old man says, I did it for over 40 years. And no one has ever came back to me and, and told me thank you or, or, or ever reminded me of what I did. There were so many people that cussed at me, so many people that would throw things, whatever they had with them at that moment at me. They would spit at me. They would shrug me off. They would start to argue with me on different topics. I never heard any result from what I did. And, of course, after he heard all of that, both of them, they cried, they prayed. They talked with God. They had a wonderful time. So our, so our British pastor, he, he hugged him, he blessed him, and he departed on, on his way. And a couple, a couple weeks after that, this old man, he passed away. He died. And imagine, I, I doubt anybody would ever write about him, any news would ever cast a story about him or what, what he did. Um, but imagine how much he was known in, 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 in heaven. What reward he received in heaven. You know, these, these 11 or 12 accounts that this British pastor heard of, I believe God was showing only the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg of the people that this man influenced. I did a little ca calculation that if you take 10 and you multiply it by 365, which is how many days we have in a year, that's over 3,500 people a year. If you take that and you multiply it by 40, that's over 144,000 people that have been directly influenced by this man. And of course, not, not, not all of them received it well. Not all of them received it with joy. But there was a percentage of those people that were souls that were touched. 
Imagine you're walking, you're walking on the street, you, you're buying gifts for your family, you want to have a good time. And the George Street is famous, you know, fa uh, fa by itself it's, fa it's famous by the fact that you walk there to relax, to have a good time. And to have a little man that would jump up from nowhere and ask you this question, it would really disturb you. And now those people that have heard this account, they have, their hearts have been troubled. And they've come to God and they've repented. There were people who were Hindu people, who, who were uh, Africans, who uh, some, some people were Satanists. And they repented because this one question, the simple question, if you die today, excuse me, sir, if you die today, where will you go, heaven or hell? Imagine 144 plus uh, people that were influenced, and some of them are now leading uh, one of the biggest um, conferences in India, in Africa, and all, all around the world from this little man. What I'm, why I'm saying the story is, is this, because it's, it's, each one of us, we have different talents. Each one of us has a different opportunity to share the gospel in, in whatever way, in whatever way, at our, at our work, at our school. We might be afraid. We might be shy. You know, Bible says, God says, if anyone will, um, will be ashamed of my name before people, before this world, I will turn my back on them before my father. That's what Jesus says. I want to encourage you guys to remember this. Do not forget, in this time of Thanksgiving, in this time when we give thanks to God, because we are truly blessed. In this country, we are truly blessed. The things that we have, the, the blessings that we have are, f are, are incredibly amazing when we compare to different, to different countries. And so I encourage you to use your talents, to use your talents of singing, uh, of finances, uh, maybe you're very smart, use that for God. Maybe you're brave, use that for God. To save people for God. To bring fruit to God. And as we just read in Matthew chapter 24, it says, God leaves his servants on this planet. He left us as his servants on, the, in, uh, on this planet. To, to bring the good news to this world. To be fruitful. Let us remember that during the time of Thanksgiving. May God bless you guys. May God bless you uh, with strength, with courage. And when you, when you go through these uh, uh, days of thanksgiving, when you bring it up, all the thanksgiving before, before God, remember that still our main goal, our main calling here today as Christians is to bring fruit to God and to save people for him. May God bless you all. Let us stand up and pray.